love that. Good to see our teens, Here's, hear Mark's song, and then also sing Rich Mullins, because before Chris Tomlin, there was Rich Mullins, for those of you who don't know. But um, praise the Lord for that. Yeah, we, do, we need to do something, don't we? I don't know if you realize it, but um, God's people are the ones who are supposed to do something. And so when I was young and I was going to church a little bit, I remember listening to the preacher, and I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of times the message is, come and wait for the Lord, just come and wait. And I, I think the adjustment that people have to understand is that God is putting his spirit into you and I so that we can do something on behalf of the Lord. You start to wonder why the world is all messed up. I suspect it's because we've forgotten that we're the ones who are supposed to set things right. We're the ones who are supposed to redeem all of the bad things that are done. If not us, then who else? I mean, that's basically what the song was. And if Jesus is in this world, he's in this world through us, in particular, in a special way, we should be the ones who are doing something. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, we're starting to run out of time because Advent's getting ready to start, and that's going to be, I believe, the last Sunday of November. I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that's the last Sunday of November. Um, it's when we start to celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ. He's come once, he's coming again. We all know this. This is why we get together um, and we remember this. And so we look forward to his return. But this morning, I want to continue with chapter 12 because we're only going to be able to touch it just a little bit, but this is one of those chapters. In fact, if you went chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14, what you could do is you could actually spend some time in here just learning from what God is trying to do because what he's doing in this world and through his church, right, his, capital ch his church, capital C, what he's doing is he is trying to do something through his people. So if you'll think back with me, if you've been in these Bible studies that we have, one of the things that you should remember is that uh, when we went through Deuteronomy, for instance, especially in Deuteronomy chapter 4, this is one of those verses that actually stands out to me, or actually chapters, I should say, that stands out to me because if you remember what we talked about, this has been a good little while back, but what we noticed in that passage was that God was getting ready to take the Israelites into the promised land. And before they went into the promised land, what God was doing is he was wanting to speak through Moses to his people so that they would um, live out the will of God in that promised land. Because remember, the people that were occupying the promised land before the Israelites were not loving each other, and life was worthless. In fact, they were doing great injustices to themselves, and they had to be removed because God was going to reinsert this people who followed him. And so in this chapter, what it says, and Moses is talking to the Israelites, he says, listen, when we come into this promised land, all of the other nations who don't know who I am, meaning Yahweh, they're going to say, what other people has their Lord so near to them as the Israelites do? I'm paraphrasing a bit here. And then he said, they're going to look at the laws that you have, and they're going to say, 
What other people is so wise as to have these laws that their God has given to them? Because the song Do Something wouldn't have to be written in the promised land, right? Because everybody's doing what God called them to do. So when we look at that, we understand that the God of the Old Testament, he's the God of the New Testament too, he hasn't changed And God is always trying to get a people to follow him. You should be picking up on this stuff. And so God is not just trying to do supernatural things through one person. He's trying to do it through a people. And so this translates into the church, capital C, because those who have given their lives to Jesus Christ, we are those people that the Holy Spirit dwells in. In fact, let's just break it all down. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Those who receive Christ, right? And when we get together, we've learned this through 1 Corinthians, when we get together, God is with us right now in this building. This is something that I think Many times we just lose sight of. Because what we've done, just like the Corinthian church, if you go back through how we've gone through these chapters, we've learned in the Corinthian church, they were a young church, right? They were young. But there was a lot of division within that church. And what they would do, they, they would classify certain groups of people. In fact, uh, if you remember what they would do, they would also think that they were very special. Certain people within the church, actually thought they were special. Maybe more spiritual, they thought, than the other person sitting next to them. And, so, and of course, this doesn't happen today, does it? Right? This doesn't happen today, but this is certainly something they were dealing with. And there was a lot of jealousy. The division that was going on in the church at Corinth, remember what they were doing? They were saying, some groups were saying, you know what, I follow the Apostle Paul. The other groups would say, you know who I follow? I follow the Apostle Peter. Some would say, well, I'm following Apollos. And then others would say, well, I follow Jesus, right? There were so many of these um, things that were going on inside the church. And, and it just all sorts of other things we've learned about it. But we've been picking up on some themes, if you remember. And one of the themes in this book, it was basically, come, it came down to this. Why not just rather be wronged for the sake of Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's a tough one for us American Christians, isn't it? Because we have rights. In fact, we live in a society, right? We live in a society. We shouldn't have to be wrong. We should be right, even as an individual, I should be right, everybody else can be wrong, but I'm not gonna be wronged. It would be better for everybody else to be wrong than to me be wronged. But we Christians, we live differently than the way the rest of the world because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, right? The Spirit of God. So why not just rather be wrong for the sake of Jesus Christ? Because remember, some were taking each other to court. That's why that was a big deal. Christians don't do that with each other. Then we picked up on another theme, because in this letter, what we saw is there's been a transition. Paul begins to answer questions from apparently a letter that they had written to him. And so he said, you know what? No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. 
Wow. I mean, that right there is revolutionary. So the reason I'm telling you these themes is because can you almost see what God is doing when he takes the Israelites into the promised land? When you look at God's law, it basically boils down to don't try to have your way above God's way and love people more than yourself. That's really the theme. And that's why those other nations would look over and say, I've never seen a people like this before. What other people has their God so near to them as these Israelites do? Well, these days, here it is, because we are Christians and we have the Spirit of God dwelling in us, the people who want nothing to do with Jesus or even those who really don't know anything about Jesus, they're supposed to be able to look at the people of the church and say, what other people is there in the world that has their God so near to them and treats each other so well and doesn't take from each other or harm each other as this people does. So we're getting to the heart of it. And what I think is so important is when we all get together, um, that we are recognizing that we are able to find God in the diversity of the people who are together right now. And it's such a challenge. You know, when I first got saved, I remember thinking that, because um, I was reading in the Old Testament, right? I started page one. That's literally what I did. I started page one in Genesis. I started reading in the Old Testament, and I thought, you know, um, I, I know God's ha wanting to have a relationship with me, and I realized that because God was wanting to have a relationship with me, I thought that that meant that I was possibly going to be someone special, is it, is it okay if I tell you this? I mean, it just sounds so silly when I think about it. But I thought, I'm going to be someone special. God's going to somehow use me like he did Joseph or any of these prophets, all of these people, and, I'm, and he's going to do miracles through me, all these things. I, and I was watching TBN in those days as well. You know, and I mean, you know, it's just if you watch TBN, you've got to be very careful who you're watching. Always check Scripture with what you're hearing, right? Always back up what you hear with the scripture that you read. And so I just really thought that that was the way it was gonna be. And I remember there was a spiritual warfare conference that I was gonna go to. Um, I wanted to renounce some things that my, my family had been involved in historically. And I just wanted to just make sure the Lord knew that I was not against him, that I was following him wholeheartedly. And so when I went to this conference, it was a church out in the middle of nowhere and I remember praying with the pastor, and we asked the Lord for all of the gifts of the Spirit, because I wanted the gift of healing so bad. Because after all, when I, when I felt like the Lord was going to have a relationship with me, that that must have meant that he was going to do some great things through me, maybe some miraculous things. I just assumed that that was the way it was going to be. So we were praying that God would give me all of the gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's so naive, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I just prayed that, and I, so I started thinking maybe I had the gift of healing, and I remember going on these little prayer parties where we would lay our hands on people to get healed. They weren't getting healed. Doesn't mean that God doesn't heal today, does it? 
but it might mean that I didn't have the gift of healing like I prayed for. And so when I became a pastor, I, I really thought that because the church was paying me, what I started to do was try to do everything. Now, some of you might be sitting there thinking, I think this pastor is trying to tell us that he's justifying what he's saying so that he doesn't have to do certain things that he doesn't want to do. I recognize that you could think that, but hopefully after this passage, you'll understand differently. So what I would do is I would try to spend these long hours in prayer or try to do all of this type of um, hospitality stuff and, and try to do different things because I just felt like since I was getting paid, it was on me to make sure that the church was doing well and it was all on me. But remember, God's not doing stuff through just individuals. And when the Israelites were gonna go into the promised land, he wasn't going to show Moses off. What was he going to show off? He was going to show off a group of people whom God was having a relationship with and the, all of the other peoples was going to look at that group of people and say, I've never seen a group of people so near to their Lord, right? It wasn't about what I'm doing or what about you might be doing. So the idea is, is when I look at scripture like we're about to get into, I learn that God is going to be found not just in certain individuals, he's going to be found in an entire group of people. We know that that is true because that's why he said, when you come together, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, which means God is found in our fellowship. It's quite a thing. And it's within our fellowship that we are actually showing different manifestations of who God is. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read this passage real quick and let's just try to unpack it just a little bit. And I'm gonna read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and I'm gonna read verses one through 11. And like I say, if you get bored, just go on down and keep reading because there's so much more that we're just simply not going to be able to cover. But we're going to look at this part right here and let me just start reading with verse one right now. It says this. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. 
to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So the first thing I want you to see this morning is that God is in diversity because he gives different types of manifestations. So it's insane when you think about it because we right now have every gift that we need to be successful in doing God's will right here in our church. It's, it's hard to believe because we know that God is given. This is what Paul told the Corinthians. He said, the Holy Spirit has given different types of gifts to each of you. Because remember, they were very proud of themselves with some of the gifts that they had. In fact, because I'm going to suspect that what they did was that because they uh, said they would follow Paul or Peter or Jesus or even Apollos, because they were saying these things, they were probably looking at people from the perspective that they were following this one individual because of the certain gifts he may have had. Sounds like today, doesn't it? I mean, we follow certain people, right? Isn't that what we're doing in Christianity? I mean, in America, you realize there's a lot of money to be made within the Christian world, right? You better be careful with charisma, the difference between charisma and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So we see certain people, whether they have the gifts or charisma, whatever it is, we may say, I'm going to follow that person, when in fact, what we're saying, I've, I've had people say to me, I've been going to this church because I feel the Spirit there. Have you ever heard that? Sometimes that means the preacher stinks. I think that's the code word for it. Or maybe they might say, well, I just don't like the music or something. I don't know what it is. But a lot of times people will say, I feel the Spirit at that church, so that's why I go. When in fact, when you see what Paul is saying, what did he just say? He says to each person that's in the body of Christ, he's given these different manifestations to each one. Some people might have the gift of knowledge. Some people might have the gift of carpentry. Some people might have the gift of hospitality. So remember what I said when I was a pastor starting young, I said, I've, I'm the one that's getting paid. I got to make sure that I'm doing everything because I've got to fill in the gaps that really weren't there. You know how I know they weren't there? Because the word of God says that everybody has all of the manifestations that they need for people to be able to find God in the diversity of people and all the variations that are under this roof right now. The Holy Spirit has given to everyone as he has seen fit, different gifts. So when I hear people say, I didn't feel the Spirit there, I just wonder sometimes if they are not using their gifts that God has given them where they are. See, that's how I know that we have everything that we need to be able to accomplish whatever 
mission or purpose God has for us to accomplish. Certainly, that's to connect the unconnected, right? That's to connect those who are not connected. We have everything that we need. So if I'm someone who is gifted with maybe counseling or something, my strength is not going to be hospitality. Maybe that's someone else's strength. So when people come into the church, you know what happens. They're in here because they've had a rough go of it generally. Or they're just genuinely checking out what's going on, whatever it may be. But if someone's had a rough go of it, that means that they've probably got an emotional issue going on and they're going to need the ministry of the Holy Spirit in their life that Sunday. And that might mean that I'm not going to preach a sermon that they're going to just all of a sudden look at me and say, oh, I feel better now, right? Like, because I'm going to have a magic word. That's not necessarily how that works. What that might mean is that someone with the gift of hospitality is going to catch them in the very back, and then they're going to have a relationship to begin to start with them, and they're going to be able to meet their emotional needs. Then you might have someone who might be in need of some physical, of something physical, maybe some material needs. Maybe there's something like that. Maybe someone has a hole in their roof, right? And it's not, again, I'm just going to say it again. When they come in the door, just because I preach a sermon, right, doesn't mean that that hole in the roof is going to go away. It might mean that somebody has, who has the gift of helps is going to say, oh, you have something wrong. I will go take care of that for you. You see what God's doing, right? I mean, it's not just going to be in the preacher or somebody who's got the wisdom or knowledge or teaching or, or prophecy, but it's going to be in all of the gifts, which are all important, and God's going to be found within his people. Hey, let me ask you a question. I mean, if, if what I've said just to that point is true, do you think that that might change the way that we look at each other a little bit? I know as a pastor, it changes how I think. Because guess what? I'm replaceable. <laughs> I hope not next week, but I'm replaceable, right? Because the Spirit of God has been revealing himself through all of the different manifestations that you all have. You ever watch a church fold when the pastor leaves? You know what that tells me. The pastor didn't do a very good job of teaching his people that the Holy Spirit dwells within them as well and is giving them the gifts that they need to be able to move forward in God's kingdom. Let's look at the next thing I want you to see. God is in diversity because spiritual manifestations are for the common good. So again, Israel's going into the promised land, right? Um, so just show you a contrast, again, 
Everybody else is probably, and I apologize for their, maybe I'm just going to, yeah, they did. I mean, they were sacrificing some of their children. Some of those other peoples were. This is why God was removing them. So when Israel comes into the promised land, right, the law of God demonstrates that all human life is valuable. So now you've got a stark contrast between dark and light, right? You've got a real contrast. That's going to stick out to people because human life is valuable in God's kingdom. Anybody who's under the lordship of Jesus Christ, human life is going to be valuable to them. So that's going to be something that you're going to recognize as being an amazing thing. So that's in contrast. So when we look at the church, again, capital C, what we're learning from Paul is is that all the different manifestations that are being revealed within the church, all of the different giftings, it's for the common good of the church. The common good of the people. So you remember what I said, when I was young in the Lord, I thought that somehow I was going to be um, someone who has all of these gifts and I was going to have miracles working through me, which might mean that I would become famous, right? <laughs> Let's be honest, sometimes we just, just because we get saved doesn't mean we start thinking healthy right out of the gate, right? So there was, there was I thought maybe there was going to be some famous stuff going my way because God was going to use me in a special way when in fact that was really me thinking of using God's gifts for my own good. You see what I'm doing here. So sometimes we have people, I meet them when I was new in the Lord, they would come and share with me what they believe about Jesus Christ. We all do this and they would start to, everybody tries to indoctrinate somebody when in fact you all know, you gotta read the word of God for yourself, right? Read God's word for yourself. But everybody will try to indoctrinate just a little bit. And so I remember some of these people, they would say, well, this is the gift that I have and they were very proud of that gift. And a lot of times they were disconnected from a church. This is amazing because what I just read in this scripture is these gifts that you and I have, they're not necessarily so that you and I can look rather amazing to the world. These gifts are something that are actually within us that are actually expressions of who God is and he's trying to reveal himself through us and it's for the people, not an individual. Because it's for the common good. Well, we know that that makes sense because we were already told by Paul several weeks now that as we've been going through 1 Corinthians, um, no one should seek their own good. Um, why not just rather be wrong for the sake of Jesus Christ? Because we are a different people when we're connected to the church. We are a people where God can be found in the diversity of who we are. We may be very different in our, in our community from the outside, but when we're together and even when we're separated within the community, we are different and God is found in us through these different manifestations. And a lot of these manifestations, all of these manifestations, are actually for the common good of the local church kind of nullifies where we have to go find someone where I feel the Spirit, doesn't it? 
Because if I'm taking the word of God at face value, I can find the spirit in any assembly if I'm looking. I think the trick would be whether or not I'm actually allowing the Holy Spirit to use the gifts that he's given me for the common good of the people. But you know what would hinder me from that is if I'm like all the church that Paul was talking about and I say, I'm not really connected to the group that follows Paul. I'm more connected to the group that follows Peter. The only thing that stands in the way of using the manifestations God has given us for the common good is disunity. Remember the goal. We exist in the world so that the world can say, what other people has their God so near to them as the people in the church does, and they live by the laws that seem so wise compared to the way we live outside of the church? Because the church is supposed to be inviting to the world and draw us in to meet who Jesus Christ is. Look at the last thing I want you to see. God is in diversity because manifestations are earned, are not earned, but given. I almost said that wrong, didn't I? The theology police would have been after me on that one. Well, remember what I said? I went to that spiritual warfare concert conference and I was like, I'm gonna pray for all these gifts and, and then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start by faith saying that I have them, right? And I'm going to start trying to lay hands on people so that they might be healed. And I found out the hard way, that doesn't happen through me, right? That may happen through some of you, but it doesn't happen through me. And it didn't matter what I was going to try to do, I can't earn anything from the Lord. His grace is given, did you catch what it said at the very last? Just as he determines. The Lord decides who gets what. So if you're in Corinth at this time, and, it's, and Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, remember what we were talking about? In Corinth, some people were had, displaying amazing gifts, and so the other people would look at them and say, I want what they have. I want to be able to do that. Almost sounds like, I think his name was Simon Barjona in the book of Acts. You remember when Peter did the miracles? And he goes, hey, Peter, that was really cool. How much for me to have that same gift you have? Do you remember that? You don't buy gifts. You don't try to earn gifts or manifestations of the Spirit. God gives them to you as he sees fit. You know, I think about a third of my ministry, I operated from a false sense of gifts that I didn't have. You believe that? I mean, if, if you know, I know why the Lord didn't give me a singing voice because I would have probably been up here singing too. I can't sing like y'all do. You're all probably thanking the Lord that I've at least understood that. And then when Roy, when we were clapping, if Roy goes like this, as soon as he, I'm just saying, for us that don't have rhythm, when you do this, I'm already out. 
I'm just, I mean, once you reach back that far, I'm out, okay? I don't have what you have. And I can't pretend to have what you all have. You see what I'm saying? If you have been given a gift, understand that you didn't earn it, but God gave it to you, and he gave it to you for a purpose. And that purpose is not so that you can look so amazing. That purpose is for the benefit of the church, the people of God. Some of you might be thinking that, I may be, you might be thinking I'm wrong or maybe I didn't touch on something you think I should have touched on. I think the point is not to get lost in the different types of gifts. I think the point is to remind us that God is, is found in the diversity of the different people that we have assembled together. That's the way it is. We're not looking for special people. We're looking for Jesus Christ when we get together. As a young youth pastor, I remember back in Indiana, I used to think, well, if we had this person and that person, our kids and youth ministry would just be stellar. I used to think that. And so I spent most of my time wasting my time on people who were never going to be at the church that I was at when I should have just been sitting back looking for the people that God put in the church to see what God was doing through them. Y'all see that. Because everyone has different manifestations. If you think that you don't have any manifestations from the Holy Spirit, then you're wrong. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've received Jesus, he's giving you something. He has given you something. And everything that you do with that something that he's given you, God is using it to further his kingdom in this world. 